Welcome back to another episode of the Exterminatus Podcast, all things competitive. Thousand. My name's Eric. With me is my co-host Robert. I swear I'm not asleep. I swear. I swear. I think I just saw you. Well, after that, it was three and a half hours of sleep <laughs> into an RTT today, where I went to one. Actually, combined with uh, I, where I'm currently recording, we, you and I got a game in on Saturday. Yep. My only loss was to the guy who won the RTT today, Mr. Dan Olivas. Surprise. Was, hey, hey, that loss was bad. I lost by like 85 points. Because Dan got to go first. And needless to say, I couldn't hide everything. And he picked up a castigator, a stalker, and a brigand on the first turn. Wow. Um, and then I... Oh, I overcommitted trying to pick up the Incarn when I should have literally just gone, yeah, the Incarn doesn't matter. <laughs> Fire prisms, go. Yeah, that's what I think. Eventually, armor. Oh, no, no. The the Incarn absolutely mercs War Dogs because he swings at strength 12. Okay. I couldn't remember what I knew. <laughs> it was like, D, like it's D6 plus 2 or something. Like, it's a really crazy just whap at like AP. Oh, uh, yeah, let's get into it. So, uh... <clears throat> excuse me a heavy dinner so i got i got paired into tau round one and uh, it, it's it's just kind of a coincidence i've played the same tau player at every single tournament for like the last two months at least i think it's just a coink uh dink but that one i won a pretty heavy score of 96 to 47 with my knights and that one was just because I, I just straight up stat checked him. There was once I was able to take down the broadsides, the hammerheads, and stuff like that. All he really had left was the was the big crisis suit unit, and he tried to split fire as much as he could and try to do stuff, but he ended up not doing anything. And on the bottom of three, because I went first, I think he failed something like. Five out of the seven battle shock tests they had that turn. <clears throat> so his entire army was minus one to hit me, and then I got plus one to wound him. And it, it was it was just a messy game for him. Yeah, people power. I mean, braver still. Yeah, he actually had to use that on a hammerhead that my castigator was in combat with to actually score five points on primary on one turn. So that was kind of a chuckle. Um, then round two, I got paired into thousand suns. Uh, yeah. I was terrified of that matchup because I looked at it and it was like, oh, hey, there's an Araman, there's an Exalted Sorcerer, there's a Terminator Sorcerer, there's a Fortune, Fortune, Rhino, Rubrix, Scarabs, oh, yeah, and Magnus. Uh, Magnus took four dogs and Ben to put down on my first turn because I got to go first. I won that game 85 to 39. That one was on the Ritual. That one was going to be really dicey because of the fact that I got to go first. I actually had to give up a stalker to start spawning objectives. Compared to everyone else, we only spawned four extra objectives, whereas everyone else, every other table that we went to spawned like six or seven. Really? Yeah, it was definitely a... My stuff walks out there. I killed Magnus. His stuff was wounding me on fives and sixes. <laughs> so I didn't die. Or at least I didn't die right away. But no, nah, Jared was a very fun opponent. He was a, a great sport about losing Magnus on turn one. Although it, it did literally take me clenching my cheeks, just going, do I actually get him? Do I actually get... And, and then round three was against Dan. And yeah, that one was just a... 
<laughs> Ow, that hurt. Post. Well, when you put it in perspective of, okay, there's a points hike, there's some other nerfs, da, 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 da. it doesn't matter. The Eldar get to do a little bit of everything. They're extremely mobile. They have incredibly potent firepower. They are surprisingly durable for what they are. And they just have a whole bunch of tricks because he was able to line up all three fire prisms to see the castigator to see the desecrator to see all of the stuff that i couldn't hide and i if i had gone first i wasn't going to be able to see any so it was just a yeah no this is not a good thing for me and because i have two towering things he can just basically shoot me through the windows all the time the the fire prison is doing flat six damage is a little bonk but otherwise it was just another game of hey it's eldar they're incredibly potent incredibly fast in order for me to win this game, I have to catch him with a mistake, which doesn't happen very often. And if I do catch the mistake, what comes of the mistake ends up not being super valuable because I lose more than what I get out of it. So it's it was just a, yeah, I might have to try a different strategy against Eldar as I run into more of them. Unless, you know, within the next couple of months here, we get an Eldar tank of just... Yeah, no, they are all this, they are all that, and they lose all of these abilities. <laughs> but no, I'm not mad about it. It's just another game. So glad you had a good turnout there. Our game, uh, pretty tight. Yep, yep. Stupid Mandrake. <laughs> them in the five. I didn't even shoot at them. Well, yeah, they they could have done a lot more. Delayed reserves. Yeah. Oh, that. that <laughs> yeah, the fact that you couldn't bring in your bomber with a rapid ingress stratagem. That he failed to come into the was... game three times. <laughs> he died. And, and then and yep, and he just kind of blew up. <laughs> oh, yeah. And that didn't help either in my game with Dan. I out of all of my games, I exploded five times just in that game. But we have a lot bigger fish to talk about. Yes, we do. Like um let's see. How far across the pond do we want to start? Do we wanna go to england or do we want to go to australia first? let's go australia considering that the events like are in their day indeed so we're gonna wibbly wobbly timey wimey stuff to the north and south gt and this one had 60 people show up for it and it was five rounds and in fifth place we have liam grossmith with thousand sun four and one in fourth place we have james stewart sealer cult going for him in third place we have nathan princey or Princey, however I pronounce that, going four and one with Custodes. And then we have, in second place, Shannon Butters going in with, it says Eldar. Let me actually look at this list because it also says Trans-Hyperion Alliance, which I'm just like, that's voting. Um, no, nah, it is Eldar. So, yeah, the Artar, the first year, the Incarn. Oh, look, Fire Prisms. Uh, and and this, this is just a mean list. It's three Fire Prisms and a Wraith Knight. That's a really, really mean list. And also really, really hard to transport <laughs> but in first place of all things that's right the eldar list was in second place was tyler walsh with necron so i kind of have a feeling where where no he's no but i was looking for the transcendent katan because the transcendent katan is utterly bonk but no the necron list is a hexmark destroyer with the enhancement that sh lets you treat things as being led in an aura and he's a lone operative character I believe. and then overlord a royal warden a couple of technomancers and then a total of 30 
warriors, one ghost art, scarab swarms, some crypto thralls, a, one reanimator, the the linchpin of the list basically because you stand up like almost every turn. Uh, <clears throat> three doomsday art, three units of one heavy destroyer, and then a brick of ten lich guard. Gotta love you. Yeah, that list is incredibly hard. Not gonna lie. And more than half of those characters are going to be shoved into a single. That's the tall. Yeah, it's the it's not as tall as the Doomstalker, and it comes on a smaller base, but they look effectively the same. Do I have an option? No, no, they actually come on different base sizes. <laughs> but yeah, the the Reanimator is ninety five points and is hideable behind buildings and stuff. So just have it walk around, buffing reanimates. And never lose your units. That's basically the name of that game. And But the thing that gets me is Tyler Walsh, 96, 82, 97, 72, 83. He has significantly worse scores than Shannon Butters. Because Butters has three 100s, a 96, and 85. So they must have been doing strength of schedule or something to throw Tyler up into that number one spot. Even though Shannon scored better than them. I don't know. I don't. I don't get paid enough to read these things. Yeah, but I mean, going undefeated with Necrons and being able to still score that high—that's that's no small feat. Right. So, congratulations to everyone that played extremely well down there in Australia. I know we're talking to you in the past because other side of the globe and stuff. So, we're gonna come on back a little bit to, you know, Great Britain, someone that's maybe still within our time zone. I don't know kidding and this one was a fairly large event this one had 91 players by it. Yeah, was- yeah and so rattling off the top five in fifth place we have lewis archer with eldar in fourth place we have stefan robertson with gray knight in third place we have joseph musgrave with eldar in second place we have any chatter sealer cult and in first place we have john swallow with eldar so this is where I would expect to see a much more normal topping amount of here's your two or three Eldar lists. One of them won the little two Eldar. In the- so um, the list from John Swallow is probably like a carryover from him playing it beforehand. But it's an Ozark Farseer, the Incarn. Gotta, gotta love the 300 point Sinesh demon that you just slunt. Uh, one Hornet. So these things are the the super zoomy fast two bright lances for 80 points. Ridiculously cheap and gross. Three units of Shadow Spectres. So the the Forge World aspect warrior, and then two units of just support weapons, just straight up D cannon. One unit of Warp Spiders, and then double Wraith. Yeah, that's I mean that's. Almost a thousand points just from two models. Wait a minute, I do that on a regular. But it's amazing pack. Yeah, and the, I mean, those shadow specters do a lot of work. I've watched like part of a game where they were on the table once, and they're just they're wacky little aspect words. Yeah, they always have been. They've always had that kind of hornet. Probably why they're not a some shaped person that needs. Yeah, the the entire thing with Eldar is they're extremely potent right now, and I blame that on it's still within like the. The newborn days of the edition like sure it's been a couple of months and there's been some data and some changes but give it a couple of more months and that's when we'll probably end up starting to see the the environment toned down a little bit because there'll be more changes will be a couple of books in and yeah it'll just it'll be the ever-changing process of the game again where it's here's your here's your power creep or your balance that we want to do and now that i officially have my to execute some of my swarm lord i can actually run a test game of tyranids and be like 
Blah, big bug go smash. <laughs> but, and no, for those of you who are listening, I do not want two kits of the Norn Assimilator for Christmas. Ooh, Jedi Mind. No, I only want two. <laughs> I will somehow magnetize those things to make them assimilators and emissaries. But anyway, that's just fanciful talking. So come on back to the whopping United States of American Team Championships. Yeah, it relates a little similar format. Yeah, so kind of a nice American version of the W Top America format. So some of the lists that you'll be seeing here are definitely designed format and the uh, the captain pair off advantageous map players and, and faction. And that can all around. Curious to see how uh, things kind of fare. Skew lists. Um, yeah, like this is the format where, like how I referenced my knights just stat checking Tau. This is the kind of format where you would tell your one friend who really loves playing Imperial Guard and really loves his Baneblade chassis and goes, uh, yeah, we want you to be the big vehicle nuisance that we just feed into something. Can you bring three Baneblades? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Can you bring them the bill? Yep. The so, in Arkansas. Nope, it is in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Okay. Yep. So I know a good chunk of the Arizona folks went a couple of years. Uh, one of them is finally remembered as driving through a hurricane, getting lost in a cemetery, and Don Houston making friends with some weirdos. Yeah. But otherwise, um, the ATC is something that I do want to eventually go and try, having done one or two team tournaments before. And I just want to see how it feels because the these you have teams of really strong players at this event it's not a singles thing so you're not getting beat out by one person there's actual extra strategy involved for who is going to what and what can be thrown into the wood chipper for a sacrifice so we'll start by rattling off the top five team because i'm not familiar with who is all on what team except for one of them so in fifth base we have the battle for salvation folk who ended up going five and one their scores were just not the most resounding. In fourth place, we have the United Midwest Project going 4-0 and 2 because they got two draws in there. In third place, we have Pro Tabletop going 5-1. and In second place, we have Tundra Tactics going 5-1. and And then first place, we have the Art of War, who is the only team defeated. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. Um, the takeaway is that the team format is not something to take lightly, I would say. Different way of death. First, for example, perhaps expect, but you also don't play forward, depending, say, so we put forward a plenty idea, put a list out, and you go, well, not necessarily that will step, and consequently, one of our tough matchups into that, we still know he held our own factor, so they mm -hmm. may offset them. So the idea is round fours, and a lot of a lot of draws each on the end of the round is by a point points so close we've won a lot of ra games this round by instead you narrowly yeah so looking at the scores it looks like the atc instead of doing if you're a 10 or 11 or 12 or well, a 9 10 or an 11 is a draw it's literally you only get a draw if you're a 10 so okay. for nick his scores were a single 20 so his first opponent he just decimated into the ground but then from there, it was a 12, an 11, a 12, 11, 11. So which means he had matchups that were not favorable for him, but he was still able to squeak out enough of a point difference to swing the differential scaling into his favor by a single point, which could help solidify the rankings of Art of War as an entire team. And when you compare Nick's placing as an individual, to the rest of his teammates there's not another art of war guy until 36th place which is john lennon 
and John Brock Custode. And John has one loss under his belt with a pretty big swing of only scoring a six. How to... interesting what I didn't. Uh, I mean, the Art of War, their threat over list, their threat overload kind of thing was in fact not a body because he brought like I on the initial read through. It was something like six units of 20 hybrids. So four acolytes and two neophytes. But each of those bricks was 20 dudes. I was saying he does balance. Yeah. Looking at John's list, John's list is could effectively be something like not everyone can deal with this because it was two blade champions, two shield captains, some custodian guard, only 10, no, five. Oh, no, those are big, like nine or 10 man bricks. Those things, uh, three units of minimum prosecutors, and then two bricks of six wardens. So he has a unit for each one of his characters, and two of those units get to use stratagems for free, and two of them get to reroll their advances and charges for the blade champions. Like it's this list is very much the I'm going to surgically apply a hammer to your face hmm. and hopefully you have enough to deal with it because the custodian guard are incredibly durable having that many wounds walking around and then the warden have access to a once per game for it feel no pain to ever. So yeah, it's some of the some of the lists that you'll see are just weird, wacky and out there and you wouldn't expect these things to actually work and then you realize that the entire point would be yeah, no. You're the sacrificial lamb. Go take an L or make it a close game. Yeah, because I know when I went to the Las Vegas team tournament back in one, I think I legitimately took more losses than I took wins at that event. Yeah, that was when we when we talked because he... yeah, it was because FLG was doing it and they were doing a best three out of five scenario. So at that point, if three of your teammates won the round, like won their games, your team won the round. And that was rather Adolfo effective. Yeah. If they had done differential, maybe being, being a captain in that format and not knowing what to do was, (laughs) but anyway, congrats to all of the winners. And there is a, a shout out for some amazing performances in eighth place is the other local club, the making saves guys. They came in eighth place going four, one and one. And their only loss was in round four against um, Tima Turner. Welcome to the Thunderdome. Yeah. Very catchy name there. And then their last round was actually to draw against Beast Coast. That's a name I haven't seen floating around in a while. Yep, relevant. Who's on the hometown? Yep, I remember seeing them at the top of the team leaderboards for a good while up there. But yeah, the the ATC is definitely a good example. Like, if you want to see list ideas that conventionally wouldn't work, because the, the WTC doesn't share their lists or even record games. The biggest tournament in 40K. Whereas the ATC, I think... They did like streaming of like one or two of the tables or something like that. I don't remember, but it's definitely a fun time if you go with your buddies. Because I know if I were to go again to a team tournament and take someone like Don, Eric, and then like two other people, the five of us would just be making sound effects across the table and making funny jokes. We probably wouldn't win all that often, but man, we would be. But yeah, otherwise, that was effectively it for the events i'm not very well versed in the team format so that's why i kept my rambling short the other ones though there was not a lot of surprises except for that one necron list that topped that 
one event down in Australia. Yeah, other big event, other big uh, story, I think, from kind of hard to avoid it. You probably several uh, other platforms, review of it, podcasts, but they got a really cool name called Table. That was, uh, we reported it on it last star open. It brought up a very, rather than dwell on the, Robert and I have had experience, but it's one of those hard things because in one respect, a lot of people I heard saw last walk. Well, yeah, if I plan, but when I got a legitimate chance to move through the tournament, I, but is it fair to have to buy this guy's a very discussion uh, over the subject? How did this, how did uh, slip the tournament? Uh, not only literally banned text, text. Well, I mean, it's, there's a difference between being banned from Texas events to being banned from an event in Texas. So I know the Texas guys specifically have him not able to play at their events, something like the Alamo GT or the Dallas Open, those kinds of, whereas this is a frontline gaming event that is in Texas. So that's when it's a, well, at that point it goes to frontline gaming to interact with this individual. And that has greater stipulations for, well, if you do it to player A, what about doing it to players B, C, D, E, like every name a high profile player that has been caught or accused of cheating and people are going to go, well, why not do it to him? Well, cause he, and, and you run into the gray area of you do it to one, you got to do it to everyone else. If you don't do it to anyone, then everyone gets mad. I think the other conference judging thumb judge, we had our meeting first, Michael cover better get messages out to players about question while port this guy, but every player about, and yet I can tell card. Well, and that's where it's a, I know from listening to the video from tactical Taurus about it because of all the stuff that was reported after the fact because i know in tactical in trebby's video he shows a clip of the player interacting with a custodian player and the main thing in reference is he's rolling two shots for something and effectively one of the dice hasn't even stopped rolling on the mat yet and he says they both hit and the custodian player goes no because he sees where the other one landed and it clearly misses and then the other one you can't really see what the number is but obviously they get into a, a heated discussion about that and then the clip cuts off but because of the fact that it was reported after the fact i'm pretty sure that's why they were like well retroactively we can't exactly do anything about it because it's not in the middle of a game and there's no way we can actually prove which i think is the major stipulation as to why able to still go from event to event even if it's not the same state and the the fact of the matter is is that with the accusations of him doing certain things it's a blatant abuse of lack of rules knowledge yeah one way to describe yeah it's because eric explain to me how if i walk up to a table i've never seen 10th edition dark eldar and you say, oh, here's my pain token, I can use it to re-roll things. Well, me as a new player, I'm going to go, well, re-roll what? You now have, in theory, the ground to say, oh, it can re-roll any number of things, including save. And at that point, yeah, it'll sound too good to be true, and I'll probably question you on it. But if I end up being wrong, and you can, in fact, re-roll your armor saves... (laughs) or invulnerable saves, that would make me look like the bad guy. Right. Which my interaction with this individual was effectively that scenario because I'd only played against 9th edition Tau something like three times. And in every instance, it was a tabling of a rather aggressive amount of dice. So I never really learned anything. So 
when I'm sitting there going, hey, can you verify this rule for me? Can you verify that? Is there sure that what this does? Half of the time, it's me asking because I legitimately don't know. And it sounds a little too good to be true. And the other half of it is I know who he is. I know what he has done. And I am actively not wanting him to get away with it, which he still got away with, by the way. It was one small thing. It was some, factoring in some kind of rerolls right. or something. But but again, it's one of those. Like, and yeah, I almost got a yellow card for that because I was effectively weaponizing a judge against him. But I still don't like that memory, but something that I need to always remember that some people are scumbags in this game. But we are not here to dwell on what someone has or has not done they have been punished for it retroactively. And so in case you missed that, yeah, last. Yeah, because the when I was playing Taylor today against his Tau, outside of the fact that his guns could barely hurt my knights, it was an enjoyable game. I liked playing against Tau. I liked the way that they play nowadays. As complicated as it is where you go, here's unit A with unit B, unit C with unit D, and you do this weird pairing system. Well, that's because they're working together to do something. So it just narratively makes sense. Sure, the mechanics for it are kind of out there and terrible, but it's still a, this is how Tau work, and we want it to be represented correctly. So at that point, there's no need to game the system and try to fool people with knowledge they don't understand, like saying something can infiltrate or something has scout or something gets free rerolls or whatever. Like, it's there's no point. No, and I think it's that ruined five yep because okay one person plays this guy round one he loses well his weekend has now gotten off to a rough start because okay i'm i brought my really good list i should perform well i should be able to go four and two and you immediately start the weekend by going oh i lost a game and if you have no idea who he is then yeah it's just like well i just lost a tell and he did this thing and he did that and then you get told by your friends that that's not what Tau do at all. And that would utterly ruin my weekend. I would not be able to play any more games because I'd be hung up on that that utter disrespect. Oh, we'll see. We shall so, see how the uh, IT they've ever suspended and be like, makes his way to another tournament, organized, willing. I know if I was a TO, it would be that name signs up for my tournament. Okay. You show up day one, red card, get out. Yeah. <laughs> like, I wouldn't even wait for an offense. It's like, no, I know who you are. I know what you do. Don't even bother unpacking your army get out yep. so other stories of you know one thing we've definitely talked about legendary it's one of those that might be kind of surprised why yeah that was that was very much a this is gonna hurt every single firstborn marine basically got thrown into the legends category we'll have scout <laughs> so for those of you that have not seen the article or those of you that don't own space marines if you see these on the table then they should be using different rules and not their old rules this is the old attack bikes the old bike squads, the scout bike squads, the old little land speeders and the land speeder storms, the ones that are transporting scouts, the stalker and the hunter, the weird rhino with like emplacement leg, the ironclad dreadnought, the normal assault squad, the company command squad, normal scouts, scouts with sniper rifle, a normal librarian, a tech marine with servitors, and the thunder fire. All of those have gotten thrown away like the dodo. But at the game, yeah, which ones went? It's a long time coming. If you ever 
account. History of the, the company of Lego, known kind of cost, profit, was the Brickmaster 1001 customer as well to help with their profit. Yeah, I didn't think it'd be this heavy-handed, or it probably was very, hopefully it does provide some efficiency back. Well, also, you have to put it into context. The thickness of the Space Marine Codex kept getting bigger and bigger. It was almost half the size of the core rulebook with how many different data sheets there were. So by going, hey, these 14 data sheets, sure, you have the index cards for them right now, but these 14 data sheets are no longer going to be usable outside of for funsy play. Cuts down on a lot of the data sheets. So they still have normal tactical marines. They still have devastators. They still have... um centurions all those other like relief civic units but people like whenever you see a jump pack marine it's a vanguard vet not an assault squad whenever you see a rhino chassis with turrets on the top of it it's usually a whirlwind um when you look at scout units they have incursors and infiltrators the the company command squad those got replaced with other things or never got used no one ever brings a normal librarian the thunderfire cannon has not seen aggressive play since like late eighth early ninth edition anyway we'll see how this plays out whether the it further put down it yeah the other thing that got previewed this <laughs> i think it was actually today uh this makes me mad the lancer is coming to plastic already i mean i'm happy that it's coming to plastic and it says it's still posable but dang it yeah otherwise the the release has been kind of light because right now we're ramping up for the eventual Codex release of Tyranids and Space Marines, and I fully expect them to start showing off Space Marine units within like the next week or two, because I believe the Tyranid Codex is slotted to come out in September, is what I think the schedule was. Something like that. I don't know if they were that sounds together. Not really. Yeah. I mean, at the same time, I'm actually going back and looking through those Tyranid articles for all the new sculpts and whatnot, mm. and I'm just like, yeah... I am very glad that I have this army in my collection now because, yeah, Bioforce and Pyroforce. <laughs> and I'm actually excited to try them out because I like playing Custodes and I like playing my Knight, but they're two polar opposite play styles. So try something in between like Tyranid might be a nice feel of, yeah. well, I mean, you are more than willing to be the test dummy, oh, right? Yeah. I have two, I have two Exocrines and two Screamer Killers that I want to put on the table. Put on the table. I was looking to find. You actually have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got like some Hormagants, some Termagants, and then a bunch of monsters. Yeah, I'm looking forward to. Unfortunately, uh, you've got a lot of pain. Don't remind me. <laughs> so, uh, also kind of fun stuff. Uh, our first with our game on Saturday. I uh, was able to get some experiment EW. Uh, oh, it was a pretty good success making some Beyond Proto Detoma. Yes, that's actually something that we can cover about for these last few minutes here. Because I, I looked at the ITC rankings and they haven't yeah, changed. Um, so playing on the GW terrain set, like GW style of terrain, where it's all preset and whatnot, once the knights got out of their deployment zone, it then didn't feel as crowded, which is something that I was worried about. But there is effectively a they're, they're static terrain pieces. Um, if you're moving stuff that's bigger than like five inches, you're going to be in for a pretty rough time trying to move around the terrain because some of those holes are barely bigger than four inches. So it's definitely a, your knights having to walk in sideways a lot of times to get where it wants. I still, uh, <laughs> yeah, your your reaver jet bikes that game. Yeah, good job. But um, yeah, the days at top almost as if they were they're like yeah. Uh, but um, yeah, I felt like it hide a good chunk of hide. We got a height, but it was also depth. There's for example, it's about the second uh, P layouts. 
it's two smaller ruins uh, next to each other. They're kind of, and I couldn't tell if it was just the outside or the actual separate box. And it actually made it having putting a gap at night by having. Yeah, and that's something that I had to kind of, when you asked me what the purpose of that was, it was very much the, well, these two buildings go together and they have a single window. So if you're crafty, you can suddenly make a really sharp X through that window to try and shoot into the deep corner. Whereas if they slot in the those inner walls that are right next to the yep. window, it makes it a tighter X in the opposite direction. So you're able to shoot really far in, but you're not going into the deep corners. You're literally drawing an X through this window. So it gives protection for infantry, beasts, and swarm units not to be picked up off the table without indirect fire or in the worst case scenario you have to leave one guy on the other side of the wall and he's out in the window yeah so many jet bikes <laughs> yeah but that was a very niche thing because your bikes also are incredibly for what for their size they're actually really long so but when you run into stuff like space marine death guard thousand sun where they aren't super long but they can get fairly tall with their additions and whatnot mm -hmm. you can easily turn that guy to be tucked behind the wall so it's a nah i can't see that fool which i think is a a very healthy thing to do because infantry can still just walk through walls yeah. or if you're playing custodes you literally kool-aid man through everything because you just don't care which by the way at the rtt today yeah. there was three custodians really <laughs> yeah yeah like they, it was really funny because there was a custode on there was a custode mirror and something like round two they got into the middle of the table and sat there for five turns <laughs> because it was just bonk i kill a dude bonk i kill two dudes that kind of thing yeah, yeah that would have driven me bonkers like i been like why don't you just die yeah, <laughs> yeah i forgot to ask archie spike yep they were using the smite the original smite club open terrain that we've been using for the last couple go arounds and we were doing player place terrain so there was a lot of flexibility with the terrain and the every single table had some craters and crates on them and i literally just went yeah no my first piece of terrain is always this pair of crates and they're being set long ways so i can just walk over them right. with my with my big guys so that was that was definitely a a fun time for me and my opponent the other thing that we did try was the the change in terrain placement where it was the defender puts down one piece of terrain and then the attacker puts down two. Some of those early roll plane. Yeah. And, and then after that initial placement, it went back to I put one, you put one, I put one, you put one. And yeah, there was, I think in almost every game, yeah, except for my game against Dan, I ended up being the attacker. So I got to put down two pieces. So here's my crates. And then let's cr start creating firing lanes with the other. Piece. So that kind of change could be really helpful for people to try to figure out a new way of doing things. But otherwise, yeah, it didn't feel any different outside of the oh, I need to not do this, and I need to do this. Oh, yeah, a great game. Um, uh, <laughs> not that my very sleepy brain can think yeah. of. Uh, yeah, so it's a Jackson player. My name's Eric. I'm Robert. Hey, listeners, this is Raymond with the Extreme Honest Podcast here to talk to you about KR cases. If you're like me, and you're constantly looking for that better way to store your uh, armies, then look no further than KR cases. That's right, this is the 
foam company known for their soft blue foam in the cardboard cases. They're a great way to mix and match whenever you're heading out for that next tournament. You can just swap out those boxes and no need to worry about switching the foam in and out. They're sturdy, the boxes help protect your models, and if you when you order, they come fast, the order is right, and for a better price than the other guy. So go to krcases.com and when you place your order, be sure to mention the Exterminatus Podcast. Is your beer keg boring? Does it not have enough tentacles coming out of it? Does it not taste as funny as you remember because you didn't put a tear in it? Well, the wonderful makers of the Necro Nom 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 to replace your average pizza, decided to come out with a, another book of the Lovecraft Cock. So they're from reddukegames.com, and it will guide you through 78 different kinds of cocktails to summon a demon, summon a space bug. Who knows? Either way, it's going to be a very, very wonderful time, and we would highly recommend that you try to not ingest too many while at the gaming table because we don't know exactly what's going to happen when you roll Perils of the Warp or you roll a natural one on your persuasion check if you decide to play indeed. So if you're looking for fanciful drinks, go ahead and grab the Lovecraft Cocktails by the Mad Men at RedDukeGames.com, the makers of the Necro Nom Nom. Are you a gamer that has more bare plastic than you have time to paint? Do paintbrushes spontaneously combust when you hold them? If either of these is true, contact White Crow Studios and get your models painted by a college-trained professional painter. You can contact Bo at whitecrow.commissions at gmail.com and view his previously painted models at White Crow Studios on Facebook. 